Welcome back, everybody, to the Brews and Belters podcast, where we talk all things soccer while sipping on some local brews. We got one for the gamers tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about EAFC 24. Um, but before we get into all that, joining me as always, Toby. Tobes, how are you? What you sipping tonight? Keegs, doing great. Uh, had uh, the fleece pull over my eyes. Is that the frame? Is that the phrase they're saying you use? Fleece pullover? Fleece pullover? Yeah, like over your eyes. Fleece. I don't Fail? know. Fail? Fleece? No, no. I'm pretty sure it's I had the know. fleece. I don't know. Yeah, anyways. Uh, man, we, we just Good start. We, start <laughs> we now know how to pause, by the way. Uh, so I was buying a uh, beer, and I thought it was Oktoberfest, but I have this like OCD thing where I don't grab the front one, so I grabbed the second one in line. Didn't even look at it, and I ended up pulling a... By the same brewery, Lena Brewing, uh, out of somewhere in Illinois, uh, Perfect Peach American Pale Ale. So just a light pale ale, very peachy tasty. Already had one. It's pretty good, actually, 5.6% ABV. Nice. Um, Stumbled upon a little something that you didn't yeah, know about. Huh? Yeah, I was uh, wanting the Oktoberfest because I haven't really had any. Uh, and uh, it officially kicked off in Munich last week. Uh, Harry mm-hmm. Kane got a goal for Bayern last week. And uh, yeah, that's where we're at right now. Munich and Oktoberfest. What about you? Well, I've got you covered for the Oktoberfest. But before that, I just want to get into the psychology behind grabbing the beer behind the first one. Does that stem from, and this is just my background speaking, does that stem from being in the CVS and chill a coffee and not grabbing the first deodorant in line, knowing that somebody some little junior high kid has come in there and, and run that under his armpits already once or twice. Yeah. I just like everything to be perfectly fronted. And so I don't okay. want to, you know, throw off the feng shui of the store. And so that's why I'm uh, pulling from the second or third, but yes, that could also be a like back of the mind thing that I never really realized, but uh, for you to actually think that is pretty hilarious. I think yeah. deodorant guys, I thought, aren't you, isn't like kosher to pop the top and like check it out and make sure there's like, the protective tab on it. Isn't that like normal for most guys? Yeah. Yeah. I always do. But what's to say some little turd didn't (laughs) pop that off and put it right back on. So, and who knows, maybe they've been going back two, three deep in that aisle and in doing that. So who knows? Who knows? Okay. And it's pulled the wool over someone's eyes. That's what I meant to say. I was tricked or deceived. That is what pull the wool over the eyes means. So got it. Got yeah. it. Before I get into my beer, we are going to utilize the pause function because <laughs> two I am, minutes. <laughs> I am I am getting a little bit of chop. So I want to see if we can we can settle out this connection real quick. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit pause and we'll be right back. All right, right back to it. Uh, I'm sorry for the technical difficulties there. Thankfully, we found the pause button last week if you didn't tune into that episode, but uh, I've got another Urban Chestnut Brewing Company, and I do have their Oktoberfest lager, the O-Cats. Um, Not sure on the alcohol, 5.4% here, uh, and it's very, very good, as is pretty much any beer that I've had from Urban Chestnut. Uh, Urban Chestnut had a Oktoberfest craft beer tent at the local Oktoberfest here in town. I was at, at last Friday, uh, did a beer sampling of five of the beers that they had on draft one of those was that Ocats. that was an awesome Oktoberfest. Yeah. um but the guy had two pitchers and there was only like seven of us doing it and so he literally was pouring half pint tasters 
Like so, we sampled all five, all five beers, half pints, was, and then and then he walked back around, and if you liked it, he would pour more into your glass. So it was like, like after that, I'm like, I'm done. Like I can't drink anymore. Like I'm about to throw up as is. And yeah, it was like a lot. And there was, but there was like a a shanty that they had that was pretty decent. They had like a dark dunkel. They had a couple different. They're all lagers, and they're all made a. Uh, uh, in either in Germany, they have like some of the ingredients there. Then it's all made in St. Louis as well. Cause I know you showcased them last week as well. So yeah. what do you, what do you like about it? Uh, five out of, um, out of five. I'll give it, I'll give it a four. I'll give it a four out of five. I really like it. One of my Solid. favorite Oktoberfests, I would say. I like it. So what do we um, got going tonight? Yeah, this week. Like I mentioned, we're we're gonna get into EA FC twenty four a little bit. Um, no longer FIFA, it is EA FC. Um, this is the first iteration of of a game that's caused me a lot of pain and has brought me a lot of joy over the last fifteen years playing online. Um, it is a, a a fun game, a frustrating game, um, but I seem to buy it every year regardless. So yeah. I'm looking forward to it um september 29th release one thing that i'm really looking forward to about it this year is that i haven't really played much pro clubs in the past because a lot of my friends play on playstation um and this year pro clubs will be cross compatible for same generation consoles so um you know if you have the the newest series of xbox you can play with playstation 5 and if you have the xbox one you can play with playstation 4 so I am looking forward to that. Um, Toby, anything in particular that you would like to mention that stands out to you? Nope, not a clue. Honestly. <laughs> Our I, Nintendo I mean, Switch I, representative I, I, here. Yeah, I play it on the Switch. Uh, from what I read on the new stuff is uh, they're going to be able to change up a few things. And now you can like pay to have upgrades done, I guess. Whereas before you couldn't do that. You had to like, work towards them. Mm-hmm. Um, so now you can actually just pay to like uh advance the player stats um so that's gonna kind of shitty for people who are like diehards that like want to be the purest but then uh like you know like my nephews or someone who just wants like one player to be awesome then so what you know it is what it is so yeah yeah but i'm okay with whatever uh i think it's kind of cool um i i'm gonna always still just randomly call it fifa yeah i think everyone you play fifa i'm not gonna say did you play you know, EAFC. Yeah. yeah. It's like <laughs> when I when I tweet, I don't say, oh, I, I post it on X. I, I say that I tweeted something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. No, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm sure that I'll end up. I don't know if I'll, I'll pre-order or anything like that, but I am looking forward to it. And it's always exciting, I guess, to see, you know, how certain players have grown over the past year or two and, and where their ratings reflect um, compared to last year's game. Not a lot of like huge, huge changes this year, but there are a few changes, and I know we were going to jump into. That. I don't know if you want to get right into that, or if you've got anything you know relating today to today's Champions League matches or no. I, I was thinking we just uh, intertwine it all together and come out with a beautiful podcast episode, baby. And <laughs> what I'm hoping. Yeah, let's make a baby. Um, well. Going off of today's Champions League matches, Kylian Mbappe scored a penalty in PSG's win, um, and he is the number one ranked player in the game this year, overtaking 
fellow Frenchman, Kareem Benzema, um, who has dropped down just one overall rating, but dropped down several slots in the um, in the ranking of players altogether. The power rankings. <laughs> power rankings. Thank you. I almost said I know, overall again. I don't know if that I don't know if that is right or not, but that's what I'm gonna call it from here on. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Categorize it. Um, so yeah, Mbappe, number one overall. Thoughts there. Who did do you see anybody else being worthy of the number one in the power rankings? Uh not in the power rankings, no. I mean Mbappe is Mbappe. He's the GOAT. Uh, everyone wants him. Uh, he's up there with the Man City boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, Mbappe, honestly, my question is, is he like had a pace of 97? I, I'm looking at 91. I think that's low. I'm just going to say, I was thinking it was going to be like a 92. I don't know. I've never, I, I haven't kept track of this enough over the like 10 plus years. Is there ever been 92s and 93s that often? I always see 90, 90s and 91s, but. Like prime Ronaldo and prime Messi received 93s. Um, I believe that's the highest I've ever seen it go, um, with the exception, obviously, of the ultimate team cards that come out later in the game. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's why they maybe why they leave it open ended is because they know they're going to add improvements to individual categories like shooting, passing, defense, physicality, stuff like that for some of these players. So it's like, you know, as you get later in the season in the newest. Mbappe ultimate team card comes out. Um, you know, he's got to have room to improve and go from a 91 to uh, you know, a 94 or a 98. And then eventually by the mm-hmm. end of the year, every random player in, in the world has like a 97 overall card. Um, six months yeah. into the game is, is just kind of the, the general timeline. So um, I would assume that's probably why I also think there's some sort of algorithm or like, math behind um averaging out these different categories so if somebody has you know 99 shooting but 60 pass and and 82 dribbling they're they're not they're going to balance out to like you know an 86 or an 87 or whatever it might be so um obviously a guy like him who's got 78 physicality and 36 defense and 80 passing which is good but not like phenomenal um, I think it just ends up balancing out that way where where he comes out to a 91, even though when you're playing with him, he might feel like a 99 overall, depending on who's defending yeah. him. So. Uh, Mbappe, 91 overall, 97 on pace. Uh, Moussa Dembele uh, and then uh, Rafael Liao, basically Milan, both got 93s. Alfonso Davies and Vinny Jr. Vinny Jr. is on this list of like the top 10, 15 players. Uh they both had 95 paces. And then the second fastest player in the game is a uh, Karim Ediemi from Borussia Dortmund, right winger, got a 96 on the pace. Uh, he actually played against Mbappe today in the Champions League. PSG 1-2-0. This is kind of the group of death we were talking about uh, with both of these players. Um, <clears throat> kind of a weird one. There was a handball. Don't know if I necessarily agreed with it. Did you even see the, the handball that took place? I did, so, and I was watching Barca um, on the screen at work. So it went – guy went down for a, like, blocking tackle, slide tackle, and uh, his bracing arm that would support his back and hips as he's falling was what was hit by Mbappe. And they 
instantly called it a handball. And then they went to, I don't even, I can't remember if they went to VAR or if they did VAR it, but it was approved. And it was to the point where everyone's like, how is that? How, how is there any other way to defend that? It's not like the guy stuck his arm out to block it. He was like just making the tackle. But anyways, Mbappe got the goal. Hakimi had the second goal. It was all class. Uh, but yeah, it's like that pretty much in a nutshell is what I think the whole group's going to come down to. And uh, I don't see Dortmund doing much at all. And I don't know about Newcastle and Milan after today either, honestly. So I, I thought AC Milan was solid. They just, they just couldn't get the goal. Um, I watched the first half pretty thoroughly. Second half, I, I wasn't really able to catch much again, just being at work, but. And ended nil nil. Yeah, ended nil-nil, but, I mean, AC Milan just in the first half had probably six or seven chances on goal that, yeah. that really, truly could have been goals. Um, Nick Pope made some good saves and kept Newcastle in it. So, um, Ruff, yeah, I Ruff, mean. Rafa Leal is a 93 on the pace we were just talking about. Did you think he was engaged enough in this game? Uh, I do, but he wasn't super – forward like going at goal type of forward he was very much i'm gonna stay wide and i'm gonna i'm gonna cross balls into the box um it felt like for a, a lot of the match yeah um, it's the first half that i watched and um i would like to see him go at, at defenders a little bit more i think you get that from some of the other wingers you know pulisic we've mentioned before like one thing that dude is gonna do is he's gonna get the ball and just sprint at the defender on him um, and I think that there has to be a balance there, but I would have liked to have seen layout, maybe take some more players on that, but I did too. And, uh, no Rinders or Pulisic to start that one. Uh, that was kind of huge to me. I thought Tamori was phenomenal on the back line for AC Milan. And then, uh, Jacob Murphy got the start at right wing over, uh, Almiron. I know he usually plays on the left, but over Almiron, Joe Linton, I guess had knee injury for Brazil and Newcastle just didn't look like they had enough talent for what it might matter like compared to a team like ac milan they just they weren't equal you know it's how i kind of picture how i kind of took it in and ac milan sub guys on like they subbed on rinders and pulisic and then uh unfortunately lost his cheek went down with an injury yunus musa came in and uh yunus musa looked great like to the point where i'm he's gonna be his stock's going up in the next two or three weeks while lost his cheeks out I think he's going to be bossing in the middle for AC Milan. He looked really good on that right side for them. I think he's going to have to sink more into the middle for Loftus-Cheek. Uh, and then uh, their goalie, Mannion, he got hurt too. So I don't know mm -hmm. what happened there, but uh, he got subbed off in like the 80th minute. So, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen in that whole group, but Mbappe as a whole and then uh, PSG, they they actually looked really impressive against Borussia Dortmund. Uh, you know, that, that first goal I was talking about, the handball that I don't think was a handball, even if that wasn't called, PSG was knocking on the door left and right. And mm -hmm. uh, Dortmund, I think, is kind of like Sevilla from a season or two ago where Dortmund just, they don't look as good as they were the previous season. And I think it's so glaring that Jude Bellingham did all the little things mm -hmm. that that team is not doing right now. And that's why I, I think Dortmund is the, the last of the team or last of the teams in that group. Like they're number four, have to be. So, yeah. Speaking of Bellingham, um, well, quick note about that group. I think Milan and Newcastle, I think this is going to be that year where like 
we both know the threat they have with their primary starting 11. I think this is going to be a big test, especially for Newcastle, who wasn't in the Champions League last year, where it's really going to come down to depth and keeping players healthy. And you're already seeing that um, yeah. with Joe Ellington, um, with AC that, Milan. You know, you're seeing yeah. Lockwood's cheek and Minion go out. I, I think this group and who gets through hinges on who can weather out the group stages from a, a health standpoint. Still, overall, you 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 happy being Newcastle, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. To go to Italy and and come out with a draw, especially after the pressure they faced in the first half with with AC Milan knocking at the door, I I'm definitely happy with a draw. Uh, Mbappe ninety one. Who else we got on the ninety one list? Um. Yeah, Erling Holland made a jump up from eighty eight overall. I think that's completely fair. I think you know him and. Mbappe should be probably the two at the top of that list. Um, and then KDB right behind them. But yeah, I'm, I'm completely fine with Holland. He, he jumped up from a 91 shooting to a 93 um, and then got some, some slight little, little leaps, uh, plus one passing and plus one physicality. So the 93 shots tied with Harry Kane, by the way, uh, I noticed for, that, yeah. for, for top, uh, it seemed low to me when I first saw that number, but then I was watching some of the game today that they had against uh, Kervina Svetska or Svetsva, and uh, he was missing shots then. He hasn't been as clinical, um, but with that being said, he is a goal-scoring machine, so I still thought that was kind of low in 93. Uh, you know, Harry Kane is class when it comes to goals, but Holland's just in the right place at the right time. He's a poacher within that six-yard box, and every rebound he gets for the most part, I feel like. Yeah, and I think that probably weighs into it as well, and yeah. they probably look at other players, attacking players that they're comparing it to. Again, talking out of my ass here, I don't know how they weigh into this. but yeah, Keegan's, mean, Keegan's yeah. like three three stages further into the algorithm of how they're selecting this. <laughs> but, I mean, you look at a player like Kane – and then a player like Holland, who Holland is just going to physically dominate you and and just beat you to the ball, whereas Kane is a more crafty finisher. So I think, yeah. you know, I mean, I know some of the, the attributes that they align to shooting is like, you know, long shots. So I imagine, mm -hmm. I mean, Holland's got a ton of power behind his shot, but he, he doesn't have a ton of finishes from really really far outside the box yeah um versus harry kane does um we don't see holland bend a lot of balls in with finesse we see him power through defenders and then you know tuck one in and in a lot of times with a little bit of bend or a little bit of power but mm -hmm. i think kane as an overall finisher is better um but then you look at holland and there's certain attributes like heading the ball holland's a very good header of the ball he's very physical as well yeah. which helps so I think that kind of stuff like evens them out a little bit where I think I'm, I'm good with a 93 for both of them for sure. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm okay with that. Kane is a 90 overall mm -hmm. rating. That is like a trash can peasants score. Uh, yeah. And that's what he evidently is now that he went to Bayern Munich. Um, but no, I, I agree with some of what you were saying about Erling Haaland, but uh I mean, everything you were saying that he doesn't do Harry Kane does. And Harry Kane also scores off his headers. He's like, Ran off his off foot like he's one of the all-time mm -hmm. leading in Premier League history. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, with Harry Kane specifically, he needs to win now. Like, 
Daniel Levy just went on record today saying that there is a buyback clause for Tottenham. So like this can happen at any moment. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> During the transfer windows, you never know, Harry. You, you, you might Harry, get your trophy. Get your trophy and come back, please. Go ahead. He, he is a plus one overall um, in the power rankings from, from last. He was an 89. Now he's a 90 overall. I feel like that's very justified, um, and I don't think you always see that in him. I mean, there's obviously players, Ronaldo, Messi, they just continued kind of climbing up every year for a little while there, even though they've both dropped just a bit um, um, for this year. It's like Lewandowski, but I think for a player going into 30 years of age, um, to go up from an 89 to a 90 is a, a credit to what he did at Tottenham last year. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, I think this year, I, I still expect him to be a top goal scoring at the, in the Bundesliga. Uh, I think there's one or two guys over the top of him, and only one of them I think maybe will be able to catch up to him. I forget the Wolfsburg attacker. Uh, <clears throat> one guy has like eight goals in the first three or four games uh, for like Stuttgart, I want to say. But uh, I expect him to be up at the top of the Bundesliga with uh, Victor Boniface. Uh, the... 22-year-old Nigerian, dude 6'3", looks like a baby Lukaku. Uh, actually, he's not a baby 6'3", but it looks like a Lukaku for uh, Bayern Leverkusen. And, I mean, he looked like a boss when he was playing at Bayern. It was Bayern Leverkusen, Bayern Munich to kick off uh, Oktoberfest in the Bundesliga. And he looked phenomenal, so I expect that. But I still expect Kane to kind of come on top when it comes down to it. He's, he's getting almost a goal a game for Bayern at the moment, and, like, I – I feel like that's going to continue. Uh, they need it too because there's certain times where I've only watched two games. I've never watched Bundesliga until Kane went there, and now I'm like have a rooting interest. Uh, they don't look as combobulated as I thought. Like I even talked about them last week, saying they're one of the teams I expect to go very far. But I watched them last Friday, and I'm like, dude, there's there's confusion. Like I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's Thomas Tuchel's system or if it's just the players. I don't know, but it's. It, it is kind of confusing from a Bayern perspective. So, so I don't know. I really don't even know what to think about tomorrow. Like, who do you think is going to win between them and Manchester United? I think Bayern will come out on top. Um, I just think they have more quality. But I, to your point, I haven't really watched them a lot this year, and I didn't really watch them a ton at the end of the year under Tuchel. But I know that they didn't play very well. Um, they had a run of a few bad games once he took over, and they still won some trophies. But um, – I just – I don't I, – I find it hard to bet against Bayern, especially with Yashua Kimmich in the middle of the pitch and Kane up top. And uh, I don't know. I, I just – I don't Nav have a lot of Navary, faith. Navri, Sané, yeah, the whole yeah, group up top. Yeah, and I just don't have a lot of faith in United right now. Maybe they'll go out and prove that wrong. We've seen teams play poorly in the Prem and play really well on, on a Champions League night and vice versa, so – um, but no, I mean, my, my gut's going with Byron like three, one here. Yeah. Yeah. To, to get back to the scoring, we had Kevin De Bruyne at 91 as well, uh, with mm -hmm. early Holland and Mbappe. We kind of talked about Manchester city and what they did in the champions league. Um, the thing that pointed that stuck out to me with KDB is they value his past so much and I get it. I mean, he's a 94, but there wasn't honestly that many guys even close to him. The only one that was, was I want to say Bruno Fernandez. Yeah, uh, I don't know if anyone is. I guess was there anyone that you thought of as like a passing creative person that 
was on the pitch or not on the pitch and uh, compared to what their score was? Yeah, so, I mean, Bruno was a 90 up two from last year where he was an 88. Um, Messi is a 90, so I can understand those two. Honestly, I, I thought Kane had an 84 for pass, and maybe, again, I, I don't understand the algorithm that goes into adding up all their individual statistics, but... You think maybe, that's low, don't you? I, I do. I, I think yeah, that he should that be, is. if not a 90, I think he should be approaching a 90. Um, I think he makes most of the passes that Bruno makes, if not all of them. Um, I think there's some finesse stuff that Bruno will pull off here and there that's maybe a little bit more flashy that, that he can pull off a little bit more accurately than Kane. But um, I think just as far as dropping deep and 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 I, I think Kane, I mean, for me over the last couple of seasons in the prime, Kane and, and KDB have been the two standouts for just being able to ping a ball and put it on somebody's foot. Uh, yeah, I don't have much more to say about that. Um, is there anyone else in the top 90s that you really wanted to go over? Um, so, I mean, those are our three 91s, and then you've got Messi at 90, uh, Benzema at 90, and then you've got Courtois, Kane, Lewandowski down from a 91 last year. And then you get into the high 90 or high 80s. Yeah. And these have, have pretty much stayed the same. Um, mm -hmm. Vinny Jr.'s an 89. I think last year he was an 86 or an 87, if I remember. I think an 86. Um, so he got a, a, I think a well-deserved bump up. Um, you were, you were talking about Borussia Dortmund earlier and, and how much Jude, you know, brought to them. I feel like he, especially for being kind of a, a poster boy for the brand for EA, um, he was involved in last year's game and the promotion leading out to it. He's been hugely involved in, in this year's. And he went from an 84 to an 86. And I don't know how like solidified those ratings are and how early they solidify them. But through the first few weeks of this season, he's been the best player on the planet, in my opinion. Yeah, he's he's going to have the, the La Liga monthly team card where he's going to yeah. be a 91 easy, I bet. A 90 or 91. Uh, no questions. He's he's. I think he's the best midfielder in the world at the moment. Like, it's easy to say that, but it's he's backing it up. Like he's scoring goals, he's doing everything Real Madrid asks of him, and uh, he's doing it while having guys around him that are equally as good. But he's outshining all of them, you know. Yeah. And they're all they're all in the top eighties, low nineties of the FA, or excuse me, of the EA. So, yeah, and that that's kind of the point that I want to bring up. I mean, Vinny Junior. No issue with an 89 overall. I think that's deserved. Uh, Federico Valverde, another Real player, 88 overall. I'm fine with that. I think probably an 86, 87 I would have been fine with as well, but I have no issue with an 88 overall. Um, but an 86 really felt low for Bellingham. Um, Victor Osiman, I think, was an 83 or 84 last year, if I remember correctly. It's hard to remember all the ratings from last year. He's up to an 88, Capo Cananere. Um how do you feel about that, Tubbs? Your boy. You're muted, by the way. <laughs> love it. Uh, love the fact that uh, Nigerians are getting the uh, love that they deserve. And, yeah, I don't know. I, I expected about that 88 or 89 is probably where I would have stuck him. Uh, I mean, he's 
arguably one of the best goal scorers in the world at the moment, and he can score from a plethora of of options, um, kind of like a, like a Karen Benzema kind of did. And I mean, he's at a ninety. Do you think Karen Benzema is going to go down any further from here on out? Or you think he'll yeah. be stuck at a ninety next year going in? I could see him and. I mean, obviously, it depends on how the season goes, but I, I could see him and Lewandowski starting their decline over the last yeah. few, the next few years. Um, and it's, is that just based on age or is that based on, say, like Benzema, for instance, based on like an algorithm where his competition is way lesser, so his goals aren't ranked as high as other people's goals? I, I would imagine that maybe, maybe taking uh, – part in it definitely but I, I think just age as well and their ability to you know their their speed uh, maybe their physicality as well get stocked a few points but again I mean it it, it just depends how they play this year who knows Lewandowski yeah. could go out and and lead the uh, Champions League and goal scored for all we know and no and he could get bumped back up so I mean the dude is still good he's not Harry Kane good he is my age, so that's that's to say something. Like he's thirty five, I'm appreciative of that. Uh, he looked good today. Five zero win uh, over my boy Toby Aldebaidel in Antwerp. Uh, Lewandowski did have a goal. Um, the assist came from Joao Felix, who had the opening goal as well. Mm -hmm. uh, dude's playing for Barcelona right now, and Joao Felix looks like he was handcuffed. It. it I saw all this in one like. 10-minute clip. I saw that he was handcuffed at Atletico Madrid with Diego Simeone, and then they shipped him to Ch uh, to England, and Chelsea's just a dumpster fire right now, and he tried to he tried to do it and couldn't, and now he's at Barcelona where, where people want him. He's still young, speaks the language, and I, yeah, I'm, I'm super happy for him, and I think he's going to thrive at Barcelona. I don't see why he wouldn't alongside Dembele and Lewandowski. Yeah. Um, our boy, Kavika Kvartskelia, up. This might have been one of the biggest jumps. I think. What was like, he? 70s, right? I think he was like a 77. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe lower than that. I, I was really going to say. I remember anything. I want to say 74 or 76. It was yeah, something he, stupid. He could have been. He, been. Um, he was a silver, if I remember right. He wasn't even yeah. a gold. He was yeah. a silver. And he is up to an 86. So this is his his overall um, like categories. So pace went up three from Keegan. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off. Are you reading off of a? <laughs> yeah. I printed I printed some of these rankings out. Um, you you look like a coach right now. You need a visor <laughs> and a highlighter. Coach. Yeah. Um. So he went up three in pace from 81 to 84. Shooting he went up plus 14. From a, a a sixty-six to an eighty. Pass he went up plus ten. In dribbling, he went up plus eight. So I mean a, a huge, huge boost for him um overall as well as each different category, which is obviously extremely well deserved. He was not really on a lot of people's radars going into last year. Um, if you listen to the Bruce and Belters podcast preseason say uh, last year, you knew to keep an eye out for him, but um, yeah, yeah. A, a, a much deserved boost there. Yeah. Uh, I want nothing but good things for that man from here on out. He deserves everything in this world. 
He deserves to see what Ange Pascalagu is going to do. <laughs> I just kind of butchered that <laughs> a little bit. Uh, Big Ange is going to do for Tottenham, and maybe he'll come. He'll come to Tottenham next year. You never know. Quick, uh, I didn't look up Ezzy's, um, but will you will you maybe dive into dissecting the the photo of him, uh, Eberaki Ezzy, and and Humin Son while I uh, look up his rating real quick. Yeah, uh, that's already my one of my cheers. I had two cheers, and I almost brought them up both. Uh, my two my two cheers for this week is the Burberry Summer Collection. That is our boy Human Son with Eberaki Eze. And they both look fresh, look clean, uh, look like they belonged. One guy who was there that looked kind of sketchy that everyone was uh, bound to point out, and that is our guy, Saka. Arsenal looked kind of nervous. I don't know if it's because it was at a Burberry uh, clothing event or if it was because it's the North London Derby week. And uh, he's got Tottenham. He was seen across from Human Son. And, you know, you got those vibes, those jitters, little, you never know. A little intimidated, huh? Yeah, um, a little. A little. So I'm I'm a little bit upset. I looked up Eze and uh, Michael Olise's rating. Oh, let me, let me guess. Olise, 84. Eze, 81. Eze is a 79, which That's- is... A little low, in my opinion. And only say 78. Ooh, that's even, that's really criminal. I was expecting him to be higher. Maybe I'm just, do I get the Keegan plus six on the, the, the overall? Is that what this is? You might, but I mean, these these guys are, are being targeted by Chelsea, Man City. I mean, if you think Pep's going after a 79 overall, Eberaki Ezzy? Come on, yay. No, but, uh, okay, so keep, if you're on the search engine right now, Guardiola, who just went to City, what's his rating at? Because that that's how stupid money is in FIFA, or that's how stupid money is in just transfer market for FIFA compared to the FIFA rankings. I bet he's only 82, I bet. He's an 82. You're exactly yeah. right. And how much did he go for? Like 90 million, I want to say? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, that's I, – I think my biggest issue is a lot of times I feel like they – you know, I mean, you get you get the big names who have big been big names for a while, and I understand you're going to give them high ratings, and you want Neymar to be fun to play with instead of boring to play with. But like, Mitoma's an 80 overall after taking the Premier League by storm last year. Caicedo, one of the most expensive midfielders we've seen go for you know to sign him with Chelsea. He's, he's you are literally only talking about Brighton players right now. Only Brian. Well, they're a really good example of underrated players. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Mitoma and Caicedo at 80 each is, to me, is is wild. To Comical. see what Caicedo went for in the market um, and to see him in 80 is is really crazy to me. So what about Messi at a 90? Yeah, I think I think that's overrated as well. I is think that, that's just is, messy effect. And and I mean, with the World Cup, I I won't complain too much because he was great in the World Cup. Um, so I guess I can I can deal with that. I do think it's a little bit overrated. I could I could put him in an eighty nine or an eighty eight. Um, yeah. but I can at least stomach a ninety. I I can't stomach you, a seventy nine overall for Eze. 
you're not giving him <laughs> you're back to Eze. <laughs> you're not giving him a plus two for the baby names and uh, uh the, the, the Miami contract that was signed. That's a plus two on the overall, in my opinion. Okay. So even okay. if he was in even if it was in 88, he's now in 90. Uh give him the balance dealer right now. Who cares about treble and goal scoring records that will probably never be broken in this lifetime? Give it to this man. He deserves it, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, and it'll happen. Um, another Chelsea signing, Enzo Fernandez, eighty-three overall. That sounds about right. I think I had Mason. I think we had Mason Mount at an eighty-four last year, eighty-five. I want to say so. That that sounds about right, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have. I would have maybe given Enzo an eighty-four or eighty-five. Um, but yeah, I mean eighty-three. I, I guess I can. Dude, he was garbage it. last year for them. Like absolute shit show for Chelsea last year. Like everyone was like everyone at Chelsea deserves a five point overall deduction. Just, just for being in the video game. In, in my opinion. Uh, speaking of Mason Mount, he has dropped from an 84 to an 81. He, Mason Mount has bossed a lot of games in the Hinefeld house. <laughs> a lot of games. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Between him and him and Thomas Suchek, we were crushing <laughs> at the earlier stages of my career. Oh, that is a horribly slow midfield. Um, Everts from an 84 to an 82. Don't know how that's possible. I feel like he would have been glowing up a little bit. He got a good contract to Arsenal because of it. And I feel like, I don't know, I've talked about Everts too much on this pod. And, <laughs> you and how you absolutely he, have. <laughs> he just, uh, I feel like he was so undervalued and underappreciated at Chelsea. It's It's crazy to me. But then the the specialist at EA Sports come out. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe you were. Yeah, maybe they've got the algorithm all right, and I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we'll we'll see here. But um, yeah, I mean that's kind of a, a a general my general thoughts. Some of the the players I want to talk about who I just feel like year after year kind of get a little. They kind of get the shaft, you know. You get certain sexy name players who just because of maybe their name or their club get seven or eight what? ultimate team cards in six months. And then you've got, you know, a, a player at, at a palace or a Brighton that are popping off and, and they don't get a card. I mean, Bart Skellia didn't get a card for like four or five months into the season last year. And I was just sitting here like, okay, I guess I won't play FIFA until they come out with a, a boycotting. You know, I'm just, not even boycotting. <laughs> it's just like, I just want to play with this dude. I, I want, I want this dude to have a, a sick card that, that does him yeah. justice, you know? Um, yeah, we need to talk to some engineers. Get get something in line for this uh, game development. Uh, Rodri, eighty nine. Him and Ruben Diaz. Shout out my center backs. He's the first one on the eighty nine list, uh, in my opinion. <laughs> Virgil Van Dyke. Uh, Rodri, did you see this two years ago? This coming where he was going to be this good? Yeah. Yeah. You did? Okay, because I definitely never did. I didn't think Rodri – I thought he was kind of slow in the middle. I didn't expect too much. And 58 pace. I mean, you're you're not far off here. 58 pace. Let me pull up my sheet here. Um, <laughs> I, can't, I can't handle this. I'm sorry. <laughs> but then he's just, he's just old reliable there in the middle. He's not going to be a fun player to play with. Um, <laughs> but he's just reliable. He's 73 shooting, 80 pass. 80 dribble, 85 defense, 84 physicality. Um, 
which I think is just him. I mean, in, in real life, that's that's a, a beautiful midfielder <laughs> to have in a video 20, game. 27 yeah. and old reliable. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He is. He's 27, and I've thought he was 29 for five years. So <laughs> That was me and Timu Puki. I thought he was like 18 showing up on the scene. He was 27. I'm like, you're nine years older. And, and then I looked at him. He looks 41. I'm like, what yeah. was I thinking this whole time? At Norwich, you know, that ages you. It just does. It does. It does. Yeah. Josh Sargent's 32 now. That's what I was going to say. I'm like, what is he at? Minus the ACL injury. What is he at? That was actually my boo two weeks ago, and I didn't shout it out. But uh, he hurt himself two weeks ago. He's out for quite a long period of time having with Josh Sargent. So he he was their best. He was arguably Norwich's best player. He was, like, averaging almost a goal a game at the start of the season. I don't know that to be true, but I remember him scoring <laughs> goals every time I watched him. So I'm a goal goal per game Toby viewership is kind of my average. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. like the next the next generation of stats after XG. <laughs> yeah, just viewership stats. That's, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, is there anyone else in the '89s you cared about, like Neymar, Al Hilal? Neymar, I. I get it. Yeah, he's he's yeah, gonna be don't. up there for the next three years. He'll still remain to be up there. He can he can get fat in Saudi Arabia. And he's still gonna have you know eighty three plus pace and like incredible. He should always have incredible dribbling. But yeah, what about another center back, uh, Virgil Van Dyke? Eighty nine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love you it. okay with that? Yeah, eighty nine defense. He, he like actually dropped down. Back. To, he dropped yeah. down to in defense um and from his overall he was a 91 last year um pace wise he dropped down three knee injury we'll, we'll blame that um uh, who do you guys have in europe this. who do you guys have uh, in europe this week in europa i thought that was a joke um no you're in the europa that's not a regarding joke. regarding champions league and uh, that was going to be pretty sad. But um, I've been focusing on the Champions League schedule. We've got LASK, um, which they don't have a logo when you pull it up on, on the Europa League schedule. No. So I'm pretty confident about that. I No, um, I think Tottenham played, to... them, Tottenham, I think played them like two or three years ago in like the Europa Conference, I want to say. Last... Yeah. I, I, I don't know why I, I, I They're think awesome. that this is a – no, they're out of Austria. Yeah. If I remember, yeah, they are. They're out of Austria. Okay. Australian. Yeah. Uh, who else is in the Australian football Bundesliga besides Leipzig or Salzburg? Um, I mean. Salzburg. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's another. There's another fairly well known one. Uh, SK Sturmgras, Lask, Hartberg. That's pretty much it, bro. There's nothing else. That's <laughs> <laughs> Salzburg, Graz, and Lask, and that's it. And they've already yeah. played seven matches this season. So their season must start earlier because of the season. I'm assuming it's like warmer there during that time. I don't know. But hmm. uh, yeah, they've already played seven games. So, okay. Yeah. Um, Liverpool, them, Union Saint Germain, and then Toulouse. 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 I can't pronounce that. Um, mm. That's Group E for Europa. Yeah, we really didn't do a rundown on Europa last, last mm, week. It's okay. Yeah, it's fine. Speaking of last week, uh, Heavy Simmons. We talked yeah. about him at PSV. He's not at PSV. He's actually on loan at Leipzig from PSG. PSG yeah. loaned him out. 
And so he's at Leipzig. They won 3-1 today against Young Boys, uh, mm -hmm. Swiss team, if I remember right. Yeah. And uh, Young Boys used to have uh, Jordan Peepfalk, uh, the USMNT International. I don't know where he's at right now. But uh, used to have him. Uh, PSV has Arsenal tomorrow. Not as wild as I was expecting with Javi Simmons being missed, but we could be looking at three USMNTs all starting for PSV in the Champions League against Arsenal with uh, Malik Tillman, Serginio Des, and Ricardo Pepe. How are you feeling about that? Sure. Yeah, great. Arsenal's going to beat them 3-1. Yeah, 3-1 is my go-to score, but I think 3-1. I don't know where the game's taking place, but if it's at the Emirates, that's probably definitely a, a good possibility of happening. So It is at the Emirates, yeah. I think regardless, at the Emirates, it may be 4-1. Hmm. Well, let's not get too... Should the, with the '90s, '91s, and the '89s we've discussed so far, Keegan, should we be upset that there's more pro Saudi teams or players in this uh, grouping than we've talked about the MLS, uh, the French Ligue, Bundesliga, and Syria? Should we no. be upset about this, or no, not really? No, Whatever. because there's shit ton of good players right there. Um, I will say. I've been going through my my several sheets here. Mm -hmm. I think I've pinpointed where Cristiano Ronaldo is ranked. Uh, I don't know if he is he. Let me did see. He if I can... out? Is is he? Did he sign a? Uh, did he get a bag from Pez this year? And um, I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. I'm, I'm lost on this. I think he was an 89 last year, if I remember correctly. Oh, okay. He's an 86. I, I, I wonder the last time he was that low. He is below fellow countrymen Ruben Diaz, uh, Bruno Fernandez, Joao Cancelo. This picture does not look too satisfying either. 86 striker. Yeah. 77 pace. He has 77 pace. That's absurd. He's, he's that old, is absurd. Bro. Have he's you seen me run? Oh my god, I'm looking at it on FC24, like EA.com, and his age is NAN. <laughs> no one does. Nan. He's somebody's nan at work rate. Hi. <laughs> Yeah, oh attacking work rate high, defensive yeah. work rate non-existent. <laughs> I, I just said at at work rate. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, so his pace went down four, his shooting went down four, his passing went down three, his dribbling went down five. Player and, and acrobatics. Physicality went down one. Yeah. Player and I am shocked by that. Um. No, dude, I, I think everyone who goes to the Saudi League, their FIFA is just going to go down like I do. I don't think anyone respects that league at this moment. Yeah, this year's like, going to be really interesting like, to see that because there are a shitload of players who have gone there and very, very good players who have gone there. So, I, I mean, Keegan, like, compare those teams. Do you think they're beating a Feyenoord, like, who walloped Celtic 2-0? Yeah, uh, honestly, I I think that they're. I don't think any match. I th I think those top those top four that signed everybody. I that they're, I think they're playing a a, a Feyenoord at at a. So that's a top three to four in the Eredivisie, is what you're thinking. You think they're yeah. equal 
equal to less than Ajax and PSV, but better than the rest. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think they're up there. Um, and especially a lot of those players are extremely experienced in big matches as well, whereas a lot of times with Ajax or PSV players, they're young players who are coming up before they're sold. They might get a couple of Champions League nights while they're still in Eredivisie, and then mm-hmm. they move to another club. So. so so right now in the Eredivisie is PSV's one. Uh, AZ Alkmaar, who we've talked about previously in episodes, uh, Alkmaar, they are uh, number two. And then uh, Feyenoord's number three, number four at the moment. Uh, Ajax, over f- a four-game period, only won once draw twice and one loss. So they've only picked up a total of five points of the possible, what is that? 12. So yeah, they're, they're number 12 in the air division for your, the one time we're going to update you guys on the air division this season. The one (laughs) time one update. There's our one update. Yeah. I like it. Uh, Anyone else you want to bring up geeks? This has kind of been a a free for all the wild west of an episode. Yeah. 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 It's just a little something different. Yeah. Will Um, you please uh, keep uh, flipping through these pages (laughs) on your clipboard? Did you staple them? I didn't know. Maybe I should have. What are you an animal? Yeah. Uh, Phil Foden's up from an 84 to an 85. Uh, Drop down one in pace, which I I don't know. I I wonder what goes in. I really wonder what goes into this. Maybe that'll be the next episode. Like like how early a young 20-year-old loses pace. With with just lightning quickness. Yeah, how how he goes from an 81, which isn't even that high of a, a, a pace rating to begin with, to an 80. Or from an 82 to an 81, I'm sorry. Um, shooting, he went from a 78 to 79. I'm fine with that. Honestly, he isn't like an incredible, crazy finisher, mm-hmm. um, passing 82 dribbling 88. I, I think that's fair. Um, he's a phenomenal dribbler, obviously Jack Graylish two down in the power rankings from, uh, or I guess they're, they're technically tied from Foden. He also an 85, 76 pace, 76 shooting, 84 pass, 88 dribble. Fair up, up. I want to say it's fair, but I think Jack Graylish sacrificed a lot of his overall game to to fit in at City. In my opinion, I think he, I think he gave up a little bit of his overall flair, which maybe would have given him a little bit more uh, on the point scale of FIFA. But I think at the same time, it allowed him to win the treble. Mm-hmm. And so that's all that really matters to me. With that being said, uh, there is no rating for the Cavs, but if that was the case, that'd be a 92, which would probably be the top in all of the five big leagues because I haven't rated the other guys underneath them. So It's got to be, yeah. Um, yeah, a little pep tax there uh, where where he gets docked a couple of points maybe. For Ooh, I, I like that, Keegan. I've never heard that. Pep tax? Yep. Oi, oi, pep tax. Marcus Rashford in 85, Declan Rice also in 85. Um, Rice has gone up one in shooting, one in passing, one in dribbling, one in defense. The Moise um, effect. The Moise effect. Rashford, a, a big jump from, I'm not sure where he was at, maybe an 83 overall last year, but um, individual statistics went up quite a bit. Plus three pace, plus four shooting plus three passing, plus three dribbling, plus one defense, and plus three physicality. That seems like a lot of Just individual. Over. Yeah. 
jumps to only go up like I want to say he was an 83 last year. So maybe a couple of points. Um, yeah. We'll stick him on that left side, Ten Hag, and see what happens, bro. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Let him cook. Uh, yeah. No one else really stands out that too much, that much to me. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, overall, you, you've kind of got your standard players for, for 85 through 91. And that's really all I printed out. And I've shared my, distaste for our boys over at palace and and our boys over at brighton so yeah the the complaints have been heard and uh we just need to open up the box you know get the complaint box open let's mm-hmm. let them all out and let people let people let, pe- let people know about this like this is an issue it really is one feature i'd love to see is someone who grew up playing the career mode really more so than like ultimate team i started playing ultimate team like five or six years ago um but playing the career mode it was kind of the same thing every year and it it really still is they've added a couple little things where you can like invest in like social media marketing and dumb shit like that but um which i guess some people are probably into so cool but one thing that I think would be really interesting with Ultimate Team being the main driver for this game and, and the moneymaker, um, if you really want to build the career mode, I think that they could add a lot of features. So for our hundreds of thousands of viewers, weekly listeners, if you know anybody at EA, please plug this. I think it would be awesome if if they could really amp up the career mode and then to get people playing that, I think it would be really cool if you could level up your player in career mode and then at a certain point you kind of like cap them out and you can you can sort of save where they're at at that point and bring them into your ultimate team i think that would probably take a lot of customization to have that player like show up on your opponent that you're playing online like show up on their side but they do it with pro clubs obviously with that customization so I think that would be a really cool feature where it's like, all right, my guy's an 89 overall now. I'm going to like activate that switch where he can now go into my ultimate team and he'll just be capped out there at an 89 and you can use them. I think that would be a very cool feature. So if anybody knows anyone at EA, um, yeah, plug that. Uh, question, Keegs. Someone we didn't really talk about in the 90s, Courtois. Uh, mm-hmm. I know you referenced it, but uh, he tore his ACL. He's out for the season. Um, two things, I guess. First thing, uh, kind of going off of what you were talking about, how does that affect his next next year's rating? Like, if you're out for the entire season, do you kind of stay at where you're at, or do they just drop you two or three points for injury? Like, I, I don't know, like how an ACL, like that's a you know nine nine month recovery. I think you got to stay where you're at um, just because I, I, I don't feel like you can justify really dying somebody's rating for something out of their control where yeah. they haven't necessarily gotten worse. I mean, we don't know how Courtois will bounce back, what his, um, you know, what his speed and like reflexes will be like when he comes back from injury. So I think you just have to judge him off of where he was at when he, when he got injured. And at that time he was, in my opinion, the best goalkeeper in the world. So I'm I'm fine with a 90. Um, Manuel Neuer was a guy who was a 90, I believe a 90 last year. He had an injury. Um, 
to kind of, I guess, counter the point and play devil's advocate here. And he dropped down um, to an 87 overall. So he lost three in his pace, lost three. Oh my God. They've got all of his uh, outfield player stats here. They've got shooting, passing. <laughs> yeah. What's his passing at? It was like astronomically high. Like, like it was like a 91. To, yeah. Close um, to KDB. It was yeah. actually equal to uh, Bruno Fernandez. I'm yeah, like, put this man in the field, see what he does. <laughs> Sweeper keeper, yeah. Uh, um, but he did drop down three. So, I mean, that kind of goes to your point where it's like, you know, a, a guy has an injury and the following year he's dropped down quite a bit. So, yeah. Goalie love, though. You want to finish this episode up with some goalie love? Lazio? 1 1 oh equalizer over Atletico? Uh, or equal to Atletico? Oh my gosh. Like, Lazio from the depths, they they looked okay at times, but for the most part, they were just a loss. They were just lost boys. Like I don't know how to describe it. Like I really don't. Immobile looked okay, but no one no one took it to them. They really didn't. And Atletico, like you can't give them the ball and the time to just dictate the game because that's not what they even want to do. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm starting to regret everything that I said about Lazio. I mean, they did have a lot of shots, 19 shots, seven on target. Um, but I don't know. I, I just don't know where the goals are going to come from. I don't know if Immobile is still going to be able to, maybe in Serie A, he'll be able to, to put up some numbers, but I'm, I'm curious to see how he's going to do in the champions league. Um, they're still not giving the young Italian a ton of time, um, to play. Uh, Nicolo Ravella, he really hasn't featured a whole lot. That was part of what I was buying into with them is this like young golden generation of midfielders that's coming back through Italy. Um, and we're seeing Davide Fratesi get time at the international level and uh, with Inter Milan um, and, and playing really well. And I'm just waiting for them to give Ravella a chance to hop in there with, I mean, their midfield's already good. They've got Vicino, Luis Alberto, um, Kamada, the Japanese international, but it, it just feels like they're kind of missing something from their attack. Zakanyi can be on and off. Immobile is aging. I feel like Felipe Anderson has kind of just been the same, like, okay player for several years where it's like, yeah, he can maybe be dangerous at times, but he's not going to bring you anything like incredible. Um, he's also getting a little bit older. I think he's 30 or 31 now. So, I don't know. I'm I'm just wondering where the goals are going to come from for them. That's exactly how I felt the entire time. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Atletico Madrid has some good players. Like uh, they have some uh, people up top, and I mean they were shell shocked. And that goal was right in front of Griezmann's face because he did not mark the goalie whatsoever. But Morata, Griezmann, and then you have like Lorente on the right side. You have some good attacking talent. And uh, I, I expect them to handle Lazio more than they did. And, I mean, Lazio in their 4-3-3 just came out, and they did exactly what they needed to do. They got the equalizer and go on to the next one. And that's, like, all you can ask for. And at this point, I can't remember who else is in their group. It was kind of like one of those weird groups of, I want to say, trash, but it's, like, four teams that I just – I could go either way, and that's how both of them kind of ended it. You know what I mean? Like either way, and a goalie scoring—that's ridiculous. 
I do love to see the evolution of Axel Witzel as he's from like a box-to-box midfielder to a defensive midfielder to lining up as the center back in the middle today for Atletico Madrid. I had no idea about that. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen him play as a center back. Maybe he has been. I don't really watch La Liga. Maybe he has been playing there for him um, in the league, but I thought that was interesting. Um, With all these matches today, I was just catching pieces of them while at work and then rewatch some of them after – and uh, I just heard absolutely at center back and did like a double take. And what's crazy, Keeks, is I feel like he's so young, but he's been playing for like oh, yeah. six to eight years, you know? Like yeah. he's been at, oh. he was at Dortmund forever. And I forget where he went before Dortmund. He kind of came on the scene for like one season. No, yeah, he's, he's, he's been around the block. He's, he's 34 now. Um, so yeah, I mean he's that makes sense. <laughs> that he's makes been sense. here for a while. Yeah. I mean Benfica <laughs> is where it all kind of kicked off, and then he was with Zenit for a bit. Uh, oh yeah. And then uh and then yeah, I I, I want to say he went with some of the other Belgians to China and then uh he came back to, to Borussia. I'd rather rather be there than Russia, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Axel Vitzel, he's had an interesting career, man. It's funny. Um, that's all I got. I mean, we're an hour over. What do we? Do you have uh, any cheers? What, how do we want to wrap this up? I got nothing. No booze. No cheers. I do have a belter that uh, I believe you posted on our Twitter. Brian I did. Dante of Roma. They that, scored that, seven goals this weekend. Toby is Roma back. Roma's back, and he was the fifth one. Jose Mourinho barely even smiled. Like. <laughs> Against Empoli, Empoli's not good this year, but they're not that bad. 7-0 is just yeah. one of those weird games. I don't know how to describe it. Weird. Uh, I have two things. Um, so we talked about the Burberry Summer Collection. That was my cheer. My other cheer, all the viral videos going wild of uh, Newcastle in Italy. Uh, it looked like some of them it was their first time there in Italy. Uh, swimming in the canals human bowling on like the rainy cobblestone or whatever it was they were sliding on uh the tunes away just went crazy and uh I, hopefully there's no real bad fights or crime or violence or anything like that i'm assuming there was but hopefully there wasn't and uh hopefully they all paid their bills like that's what i'm hoping like that at the end of the day like fans are meant to go into places spend money mm-hmm. you know help the local tourism watch a game enjoy it have fun leave safely get home yeah. safely be happy and to be back in europe and and enjoy it yeah and that's what i'm hoping happened and for it to go as viral as it did for like like there was two women that were just rowing in one of the canals and like everyone is along the lines like chanting for him and some dude just jumped in his skibbies into the canal and starts <laughs> like like <laughs> Sprint rowing with them, like just swimming. It was I mean, like you can't get dumb people like this in any other sport. Maybe football, I don't know, but usually you yeah. fight in that. But it's our soccer, like it's awesome. So that was my cheer. Boo, boo is more of a cheer, but it's a boo at the same time. That there has only been James Milner, and he's the only player to win against United at Old Trafford with four different clubs. 
I wanted there to be more players than that. But evidently, it's only James Milner. He's won at Old Trafford against Manchester United with four different clubs, Brighton being the most recent this last weekend. Brighton, Uh, Liverpool, Leeds, City? Yes, I think that is exactly right. And Cheers cheers to James Milner. Cheers to James Milner. That was more of a shout-out to James than it was a boo. Um, And it was also a shit on... Uh, United, although they don't need it, they have enough going on in and outside the program to be shit on. Uh, so yeah, that's my boo. And my belter is the exact same as you said. So way outside, top ends. What a belter needs to be is what it was. So beautiful. Um, as far as games to look forward to for the weekend, only one we care about: Keegs. North London Derby, baby. Give it to us, Toby. What do you think? Sunday. Uh, I never feel good going into these, especially at the Eddie head. doesn't matter. We never play well there ever. If we get, if we get any points, Emirates, Eddie had you played. What I say? Eddie heads? Well at, yeah. Yes, I know. But that, I don't know. Not without Harry Kane, but uh, the Emirates, we don't usually play well at, mm-hmm. but after us coming back, not only one, but the second goal being some of the latest winners in premier league history to equalize and a win against Sheffield United at home. Uh, I truly believe this is a different club, and I hope that it continues. You know, I hope they don't go back to their old self, and uh, that has to begin with a win at Arsenal. If they don't get it, then we're just kind of in limbo. We're a good team, but we're not a top, top team. You have to beat the teams at their own house in order to become a top, top team. Yeah, you know, Teams like yeah. City do that. Teams like Liverpool do that. You know, it's kind of like a United Arsenal's been doing it recently, but overall, it's like a United, a Tottenham, Chelsea. We don't win away, you know, we only win at home for the most part. And so, winning away is crucial for Premier League supremacy. Yeah, it's it's a big test for Tottenham. I think it's a big test for Arsenal as well, having a Champions League match um, tomorrow and then going into a huge North London derby. And, and I've been saying it for a month now, they don't look the same they did last year they look shaky in the back i just i don't know what it is there's just something about them that just they're they're not purring like they were last year yeah granted they're still picking up points so that's all that really truly matters but still i think they have kinks to work out with their depth i think this is when you know starting to play in europe i think this is when players are going to start getting settled in and realizing there's enough minutes for all of them but I think right now, I mean, Trossard had had shared some, you know, some annoyance at, at being left out. And, um, you know, they've got a few different players who can play there in the midfield between him, Havertz, um, and, and some other players. And then players who can play on the left wing there. Obviously, Jesus and Enkedia up top can both be in there. So I think that there's like that balance that they've yet to find with the depth that they added mm-hmm. over the last season. Um and I think that that stuff will smooth out. And ultimately that's just up to Arteta to figure out who his guys are and how to balance that with, you know, multiple matches on the schedule throughout, yeah. the week, which we're, we're starting to get into, you know, the meat and potatoes of the season where managers are going to have to start playing that game. So is, is that why he benched Ramsdale over the weekend for Debbie Rea? I, I'm not sure, but I mean, that's another thing that, cause that was a, that was a uh, that was a head scratcher, in my opinion. Yeah, I thought yeah. Ramsdale was one of the better goalies in all the Premier League. Yeah, 
Well, hey, he shut he shut out our uh, Everton. So I mean, that's that's no it's no easy task. Whoa, <laughs> wasn't even me. You you brought it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I regret it already. Um, Liverpool have West Ham. I think that'll be a really good match as well. Eight, 8 a.m. Central Time Sunday, if I remember right. Same time as Tottenham uh, yep. Arsenal. Yep, and then I think Palace Fulham could be a decent match, and then I think Brent Brentford. Um, excuse me, I'm sorry. Chelsea, Aston Villa, I think will be a good one as well with Chelsea figuring out who they are, um, trying to, to, to grab some points and Aston Villa just being one of those teams who can show up and, and look very, very good or yeah, who can show up and, and look really, really awful. So I yep. think that'll be an interesting one to tune into. I got nothing else. We don't really have anything in Serie A that, that jumps off the page. Um, no. Nothing for me either. I think we're all good, right? I think we're all good. Cheers, everybody. Cheers.